What's wrong with you people? How do you all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we celebrate theology. We vindicate all solid teachers of theology and doctrine, and we celebrate freedom. My name is Daniel Corey. I'm a pastor in the Kirkland, Washington area at King's Cross Church. And I'm Josh Loftus, member of said King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington area. It, it's just Kirkland, Washington. That is not the area. Big, like, like well, it is Kirkland, know, Washington. We're kind of well known. We, we, we're a big deal. We're a big deal. Costco. So. <laughs> Daniel, happy National Freezer Pop Day. It's the worst one so far. No, it's not. Is there Dude, a Otter one? Pops? You know, like Otter, oh, Otter Pops? Pops? Yeah. I, I, think I bet you were the guy Pops. who let it like thaw. And yes, and drank, drank all the juice. Dude, you know yeah. I did. Yes, yeah, so did you. Dude, Otter Pops are the best. Dude. Otter Pops to me really do just, it, it's one of the few things in my life. Where when I eat an Otter Pop, all it does is bring back good memories. Like there's nothing negative. There's no negative uh, connotations all to coloring. it. Yeah, all that, all that red number five. <laughs> what was your uh, What was your favorite color? Uh, pink, the the really? strawberry lemonade. Yep. Oh yeah, that's good. it was the best. Was the best one. That's kind of the yellow uh, the was the worst. Green. Oh, you don't like green? I I, no, I like green. Oh, you like green? Okay, it's tasty. Yeah. yeah. Any dude. So did you have a great Fourth of July, my man? Uh, I worked. I was working awesome. till about nine, nine or ten at night. So amazing! It was fabulous. And then uh, Lauren and I got in the car, and we drove to a town that is in the Kirkland area. <laughs> it's mm. about a half hour away. It's uh, Lake Stevens, a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood. And they always have a huge firework show just around the lake. I mean, it's just a bunch of like like private parties yeah. doing it. Um, but it was uh, it was awesome. It was huge. So we were there till about eleven, and then um, awesome. then went home. Very good. It was good. How about you, man? Uh, yeah, I went back to the Olympic Peninsula where freedom <sighs> nice. is still cherished. <laughs> oh my gosh, and loved. Unlike uh, it is over here in the Kirkland area, but. Um, yeah, I went and saw my family. My uh, my oldest sister, we had a surprise birthday party for her. She's turning 50. Whoop, and whoop. Um, so we celebrated that. We had some hot dogs, hamburgers. We, uh, yeah, just kind of hung out. And uh, and then I, I, th- th- I need our listeners to know the level of care hmm. that we take with regards to our Patreon supporters. Yes. I hand-delivered. Mm-hmm a mug to one of our Patreon supporters. The fact that she's my sister-in-law had nothing to do with her anyway, had nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. That's how seriously we take it. But you have caused Josh. Oh no. No small amount of, uh, consternation division. Oh no. So I gave the the mug to my sister-in-law who, whose name we've read on this as our Patreon supporter. Yes. But my brother 
mm-hmm. wanted to know where his was. Uh, well, he hasn't supported us on Patreon. Well, he says he made all the money. Oh, he made the money. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's going all Doug Wilson on us. Well, well I don't know about that, but <laughs> I said, well, I don't, I don't know, Here's man. Y- y'all sorted it out amongst yourselves. And so why don't you he allow me to, know... to... I so, will, so here, here's, yeah. here's where he said, here's okay. what he said. Okay. He said he's willing to open up a second Patreon and support us to get his own mug. And there would be some strings attached. So he has demands. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I was perfectly fine with that statement until I heard strings attached. What are these, what are these strings? Um, what are these demands? I don't, I, I, I don't. I, I'm going to tell you, but I don't want you to get offended. He wants Corey and Coulter gone, doesn't he? No. I mean, it's already gone. It, like it's he not. Says it's dead. If these are his words, okay. His if words. Josh shaves that nasty beard, he will support us on Patreon. But <laughs> he needs evidence each month <laughs> that the nasty beard is still not growing back. And that's a way for us to get $10 a month, my man. <laughs> so what you're saying is he's won you over to this. Huh? The guy who pays zilch <laughs> is trying to get me. Dude. I'm just saying. No, what? I, I, I'm a messenger. What kind of. Dude, we shoot the messengers in these parts. <laughs> um, well. Is your nasty beard worth $10 a month? That's, I, that's the, the, at the heart of the question. I'm gonna have to think on that. I'm gonna have to pray about this. This is this is this is a matter of that's how desperate we are. This is this is <laughs> what. Are, but see, here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm worried about. Once once I sell myself out like that, <laughs> there's no stopping. Like, at what point do we stop? Dude, the Patreon support might just start pouring it in. Just will pour in. Josh, why do you have a mohawk? Why why yeah. my beard and why not your beard? Because he likes mine. All the people like mine. But what's wrong with my beard? There's nothing huh? wrong with my beard. There's there's nothing a, wrong with it. I'm just a messenger, man. Okay, so, I'm talking to your brother. There's nothing wrong with my beard. Hey, don't scare off our Patreon supporters, dude. <laughs> I guarantee you this is what's going to happen. I'm going to shave the beard. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send a pic to him. And then we're going to get zilch support. Oh, he'll do it. I know him. He'll do it. <sighs> Just shave it off, put it in an is envelope. There, is there, I'm going to ship him my beard. <laughs> is there something else? Like, is there a different, like a different route we can take? Like, you please. may be able to strike a bargain where, where you keep it like high and tight. High and tight. Oh my goodness. But uh, that, those were his demands. So I don't like these demands. Seek, I don't like seek it. the Lord and prayer and mm-hmm. look, look at the bank account for the Ugh. reformatory and see. <laughs> Well now, well now I'm buying at, at the middle level at the at the at the ten, at the ten. Mm-hmm. So ten a month, mm-hmm. dude. I'm gonna start bark. So the the Lebanese side of me is coming out here. It's like, ah, talk to me when you're ready to do twenty a month. <laughs> let's see, let's, <laughs> let's see here. Oh, so oh, okay. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you had a great fourth. That's awesome. Uh, I don't Dan, know if I had a great fourth, but yeah. But you know, you you had a fourth. We enjoyed laughing about his proposal. 
Yeah, that is a that is that is quite the proposal. I'll give him that. Well, Daniel, what are we talking about today? We're talking about what to look for in a prospective church. Oh my! Last goodness. week we talked about the importance of the preaching of God's word. Okay. This week we're talking about the importance of doctrine. Which I listened to our last episode. Yeah. We went on about shiplap and dangleites for like 15 minutes. It was it was quite the well here's the thing. Okay, a full disclosure. Our our producer has had to take a leave of absence for a undisclosed period of time. <laughs> so I've been doing the editing on our podcast, which is fine. I that's that's how that's how like I'm used to podcast editing. But you didn't edit that one. I not really. <laughs> <laughs> I just just kind of trimmed the ends and and stuck it up there. It's like, yeah, it is good what enough. it is. I thought it was good though. I like I enjoy Shiplap. It it was fun. But so when folks are looking at churches, looking either kind of looking at their own church or they're in a season of life where they're reevaluating things or they've moved and are looking for a new one. Yeah. Um what a church believes, pretty important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? In some way, in some way, I almost feel like we should have done this first, uh, because what a church believes is going to very much dictate the preaching, <laughs> um, and True. what what comes from the pulpit. But but that's okay. Leave it. I mean, we aren't. <laughs> since when have we ever done things the easy way? Um, but yeah, what what a church believes their doctrinal statement, if you will, the 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 types of doctrine that the church. Um, adheres to will really dictate every aspect of the church, the preaching, the singing, uh, how they view, uh, you know, the, the relationship between the pastors and the congregation, the relationship between the congregations and stuff like everything is really dictated by what do they believe about scripture? What do they believe about God? Right. And that's, that's, that's why it's kind of a really big deal when we're talking about, uh, when we're talking about what to look for in a church, um, what they believe is uh, it's, it's pretty high up there. So we'd put it <clears throat> way above like what kind of kids programs they offer or oh, yeah. what kind of small group, core group, cell group. What, yeah. what are the other words? Fellowship small, group. Small group, fellowship group, community group. Community group's the new one. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so far more important than any of those programs, mm-hmm. any of those like, you know, I'm trying to think through the things you would look at a church for, but like, are there people in my life stage? Yes. Do I connect with yes. the, the ambiance right. of the sanctuary? Right. Do I, like, way uh, more important than yeah. all that, is what do outreach, these people community outreach. Believe? Right. What do they actually teach? Right, right. Because all of those things that aren't in and of themselves bad, but all of those things are going to going to be affected by the doctrine of the church. Whether you have a yep. good small group or a bad small group or community group, cell group, whatever you want to call it, really has a whole lot to do with what the church uh, theologically um, – what they theologically believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good the kids group or their community groups are. If uh, they have an errant view of the divinity or humanity of Christ, mm. that's a big deal. Yeah, I'm sure Saddleback Church has some awesome kids programs. <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> Are they still around? 
is Rick Warren still around? I think he is. He's he's he dude. It's just it it is it is literally his purpose driven life. Of course he's around. He's not he's not going to divert from that. Gotcha. So we would prefer like if, if the first thing that I would look for if I were looking for a church would be to see if there was a church that was confessional. So a church that holds to one of the confessions, confessions, confessions. coming out of the uh, Reformation. So right. my confession of preference would be the second London Baptist confession of 1689. Whoop, whoop. So I would be, I'd be looking for that. Yeah. Right. I, I would, I would zero my, my search for that. Um, I couldn't find that, but found a church that held to the Westminster. Uh, yeah. That's that's solid. really solid. Too. Solid. Um, well, well, there's others know, where it's like the what do they call it? The new, the New Hampshire. Oh yeah, yeah. The New Hampshire. Uh, um, in, uh, yeah. Mark something, Denver is something that like that. One. But that, that's where I would start. Yeah. Now, yeah. a lot of our folks that listen are going back. Well, I looked and there's nothing in my area. Um, the, our first preference would be that, and we and we want to be confessional for lots of reasons. Uh, and if first you want to know why, go back and listen to our old podcast. We did an app on it. <laughs> we did an app on that. Yeah, man, the three C's. Remember? No one listens to us. Uh, well, it's true, but but you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did we did an episode on the why of confessions and creeds and catechisms. And the differences between them, and <clears throat> I think we talked about in there why we, why we're so hip on it. But uh, they've stood the test of time. Mm. They are a publicly recognized and therefore criticized document. So they've, um, they've stood up to criticism in the public square for hundreds of years. Yeah, and have been refined and are awesome. Well, I mean, it's it's just important for a church to have a set of beliefs that have been vetted through church history um, other than, um, you know, because the alternative is that church is just like, well, they look around, what do we believe? Well, I don't know. What do we believe? And then you get a whole bunch of random, often weird doctrinal points um, that let's make are, a committee. Let's make a committee to decide what we believe. It's like, <laughs> no, no, you know what? It's so much easier. It's like, don't, don't reinvent the wheel. Confessionalism is so nice. Because it really just it gives you the template of 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 uh, something to to hold on to as a church, and it kind of I'm uh, obviously not to the level of scripture, but it provides a good anchor and a good foundation. Yeah, yeah. If someone tells you, like, yeah, I hold a second London, they've answered so many questions in yes. my mind. Which is I just awesome. got done looking at two church websites for someone digging through all of their items. They wrote their own doctrinal statement and just digging through. No. Uh, That's one like of writing was, your own vows. One of them was easy <laughs> because the they only had six doctrinal statements. Like, was it like this? Was it like the standard? Like we believe in God. Yeah. We believe in the, the gospel. Holy Trinity. We believe in yeah. the gospel. We believe in the unity of all believers. And you're just like, this tells me nothing. You A could Catholic be Mormon. Could agree to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are the worst. We and it's always non-denom churches too. Things. It's always non-denom churches. <laughs> so it, it, it does a lot of things to help with that. But if a church doesn't have one of those, and sometimes the church is multiple, our uh, King's Cross, we 
hold to the second London. We hold to the fire statement of faith. Um, and we hold to um, some doctrinal, um, I forget how we put it, but basically areas that we feel have through time needed more clarity than say the second London gave it because because time change yeah wasn't really on the radar for them they were like yeah marriage is one guy one gal who would ever doubt that we don't need to talk about it right, right. uh well now we kind of do yeah um and so we we make a few distinctions there but um that's kind of where we're at as a church if a church isn't confessional they don't hold to one of those then they're going to have some form of a doctrinal statement and it'd be very important to carefully read through that doctrinal statement and see what is this church uh, going to be teaching? What are they, what are their stances on key issues? The issues that I would zero in on now we're, we're going to get in on, um, we're going to dig into primary versus secondary issues, but there should be some hot topic themes that you're looking for. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, what's interesting too, like I've, I've, I've been around the block when it comes to looking for churches um, and what kills me. So if you're, if you're in a church and you're thinking, and you're listening to this right now and you're like, Hey, we need to, uh, you know, write a doctrinal statement first, don't just adopt the 1689. But if you're not going to do that, please don't do this. This is what drives me crazy is when I'm reading through the doctrinal statement and I see like the first one or two points of Calvinism, I'm like, oh yeah, because they always affirm like, you know, man's total, total inability. That's, that's how yeah. they say it now. Yeah. But then they stop and I'm like, <sighs> well, well, but so are you or aren't you? <laughs> give me, give me some clear, commit, commit to the program <laughs> or don't. <laughs> Sorry. Is this, yeah, am there, I, am I bringing like, my garbage? believe in election. And you're like, yeah, excellent. You keep excellent. reading nothing else. You're like, nothing. Irresistible grace, limited time and perseverance. No. No, 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 just election. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, there'd be things that I would be looking for just personally as I, I would want to know their position on gifts. Yeah. Sign gifts. Uh, cessationalism. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cessationism. Cessationism. Uh, Excuse me. <laughs> if they're sensational. If they're very, if cessationalism might not be the worst thing, but cessationism. Yeah. <laughs> they could be a snappy PowerPoint for all I know. Oh, no. Uh, um uh. <laughs> I would so I'd be looking for that. I would want to know their view on um, the doctrines of grace. So I'd be mm-hmm. looking: are they Calvinistic? Are they um, are they clear and forthright about that? Uh, I'd be looking for what's their government. Uh, yeah, that's this, a huge one. That's a big how, one. How is the church structured? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And there you you might drift into more bylaw things, but I'd be looking like: is this a Moses model with? one guy at the top and everyone does what he says. Is this right. unbridled congregationalism? Is this elder rule? Is it elder run? Is it elder Presbyterian led. or pre-Siberian, however you want to pronounce it? <laughs> um, Post-Siberian? You know, after yeah, the those are the, those are the those are the ones that have lots of kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Actually. Um, so I, I would I would kind of know what I was looking for. Uh, right. Obviously, you're going to want to zero in on what is their doctrine on the Godhead, the Trinity, the person work of Christ. Right. Um, rare that I would find weirdnesses there. 
Yeah, yeah. You usually not. It's usually pretty standard. Um, you once you start digging into kind of the deeper points of doctrine. Again, why this is why doctrine is so important, because it will very quickly expose what an individual or what a church believes, and then you can really kind of start to make uh, not assumptions, but but if somebody believes a certain thing about um, salvation, and it's wrong, you can usually 99.9% of the time, unless they are hugely inconsistent, draw a correct conclusion that, yeah, this is probably, they're not very solid in this. Right. Um, And I think, I think what's important to understand is as Daniel and I are talking about what we believe a church should adhere to doctrinally, um, we still hold to the belief that we said when we did the Calvinism series that Calvinism is not an essential doctrine, meaning people can still be saved and go to heaven not being Calvinists. Mm-hmm. However, with that, with that presupposition stated, we aren't, we aren't denying that, but with that stated, we do believe that it is essential that a church preaches correct doctrine when it comes to salvation. We believe that is Calvinism. So mm-hmm. we are drawing a distinction between can these people be saved if not believing? Yes, of yeah. course they can. Yeah. So, but so it's different when you start making a decision of where to join a corporate body. Yeah. If, if a church, so we, we often talk about like primary and secondary issues. Now what, often is meant is like primaries you have to believe them secondaries who cares and like oh that's not how we define it really primary we would say if if someone's going to reject a primary belief uh that would bring them heavily into question in my mind so Mm -hmm. an example if someone says you know what jesus is the highest created being that's a red flag Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if you see that anywhere in a doctrinal statement, um, you're looking at a Jehovah's Witness. You're looking at, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Correct. (laughs) Correct. And you really don't even need to read further. No, Um, no, at that point. Yeah. So, or if they deny the Trinity, if they're modalist or they're Mm -hmm. uh, kind of oneness Pentecostal or they are um, like Benny Hinn and they think that there are nine members because each of the three members is trinitarian that is nine of them (laughs) if they believe in nine gods you should keep looking yes like look look elsewhere yeah so there are things that that are primary that we would say every christian should uh adhere to every christian should believe it so uh resurrection of the dead divinity and humanity of christ the trinity uh scripture um, Spurgeon things being that the greatest theologian ever. Charles Spurgeon would yep. not make that list of greatest theologian. Maybe greatest preacher, though. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> a, theo- a theologian is only as good as the as the Owen Calvin of their theology as the application of their theology. Oh gosh. <laughs> Secondary yes. would be like we're brothers and sisters. Yep. And we disagree on some stuff. Uh, we would put Calvinism in that list where is is a Arminian, my brother or sister? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, do they love Christ and seek to serve him? Yep. Do I agree with him? Nope. 
No, no. Uh, issues of uh, charismatic gifts. Um, still around, not around. If they are around, how are they used? Um, baptismal modes. <gasps> secondary issue. Yes. Um, do do we have our own convictions about baptism? Yes. Yes. Uh, should we call those who disagree with us heretics or outside the faith? Probably no. not, unless that difference is baptismal regeneration. That is I would true. Have a whole lot of issues with that is a heretical doctrine. Baptism is not saved in the primary. Uh, the, oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. because because then because then and again, look, look, class, you're changing the gospel. Yeah. If baptism changes you, if excuse me, if baptism saves you. A work that you do produces salvation within you. That is a change to the gospel. Therefore, it's a primary issue. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So ho- hopefully we, we've not obfuscated or muddied the water on this. This is deeply going to impact the way that a church runs and operates. And it, it may seem like, oh, man, is it really that important, all the doctrine? It, it actually, it, it oh, actually yeah. is. Hugely actually important. Is. Um. What we believe and think about God is the most important of, thing about us. Kind of the most important thing about us. Who, who, who's that quote from, Josh? That was Tozer, wasn't it? Big Toes. Yeah. Thank you for saying Tozer, not Tozer. No, no, no. It's T-O-Z-E-R. I know, but still doesn't stop. There's no S-H in there. Tozer. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I can have unity with someone who does not believe in Calvinism. I can have unity with someone who uh, believes in the sign gifts but that doesn't mean I'm going to go to that church. That doesn't mean I'm going to yeah. submit myself to an eldership that believes those things. It's a very, it is a different scenario. And I think it's an important distinction. So that being said, quiz time. Oh no. Jay Sizzle. What's your new nickname? I don't like it. Well, it's better than some of the other things I think about calling you, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> Would you, would you go to a church that practiced as part of this Sunday morning worship speaking in tongues? I would not. Probably not. Okay. No, 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 I wouldn't. Uh, Would you, oh, (laughs) I've got a good one for you. Would you go to a church that practiced as part of their sacrament intinction? Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, son. <laughs> uh, your answer can be if there wasn't a better one around. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think that'd be a deal breaker. I wouldn't like it. All right. I think they're conf- confusing right. or conflating the signs, but I'd go. I'd go. <laughs> I was going to give you pedo baptism, but that one's an easy one. It's, it's, well, yes, I was going to ask yeah. you that, but I already know your answer. Oh, yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> Would you go to a church? Um, confessionally or doctrinally Arminian? No, no. Unless there was mm. no other option. Uh, no uh, other yes, option. if there is literally, well, 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 here's the thing. Here's here's how I'd approach that scenario. If there is literally no other option, mm-hmm. I will go to that church. I will plug in in the ways that I can, but because having a body of believers, I like that is the most important to me. Yeah. I'm going to be looking to move, finding employment yeah. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. 
moving to where I can find a solid church. Like you find the church first and then look for the employment. That's, that's really how I approach it. So yes, I would go there in the meantime. I would thank the Lord for the community of true believers around me, but I would be looking to uh, relocate and get to a church to where I would, I am in more, more in alignment uh, doctrinally. So we could say, and I think that this is a key point where we could say we would not attend plug our families into a Armenian teaching, preaching, practicing church. But we can say at the same time, those are people who love God. Yes. And are believers. Um, but given the level of our convictions on that topic, we would say, yeah, I, I would, I would really go to some lengths to um, go somewhere else. Here's one for you. Okay. Although I think it's your turn to ask me, but. Um, eschatology. So as much as we poke fun, um, would you go to a post mill church? So, so, so here's the thing. Here's, here, here's how I will, here's how I will answer this. Full Doug. I will go. (laughs) Full Durban. Um, eschatology is a secondary issue and I can, I, I believe me personally, I can go to a church that has pretty much any eschatology that can be found in scripture, as long as they aren't crazy about it. What if they're like super rapture ready? Well, then they'd be crazy about it. (laughs) (laughs) So could I go to a dispensational church? I mean, if it, here's the thing, if if dispensational theology is in the doctrinal statement, they're crazy about it. Um, If post-millennialism is in the doctrinal statement, like we are about this, they're crazy about it. <laughs> so it would really depend on how that manifested itself yeah. in the everyday worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I appreciated about King's Cross before I came and I was looking at their doctrinal statement is on some of these issues, they were very clear one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Gifts, no, nah, we, we ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, baptism, we practice creative baptism. Yeah. But we will allow paid baptics to members. I that that generosity on that I point love it. was huge to me. I love it. And also we don't take a very defined eschatological position as a church. Like we yeah. say the resurrection's real and Christ is coming back. So if you reject either of those, that's a heresy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't state pre, post, or awe. That actually spoke volumes to me. Oh, it's huge. That. Yeah. And I, I, that is, that is both of those things are, are two of ju- just two of the reasons why I love King's Cross is we have that generosity and we aren't making a big deal out of things that I don't think were meant to be big deals. No. Um, so that's how we would kind of navigate those issues. So I would say like, know what some of those things are and they, and some of those uniquenesses might vary. Um, if, especially I found people coming out of bad experiences, sometimes they're going to be, they're going to be kicking the tires on that topic way harder. Oh, sure. Um, if they, if they came out of a Moses model church, they're going to be kicking the tires on what's your, what, what's your ecclesiology? How do, how do you, how do you govern? Um, if they came out of a charismatic church, they're going to be looking at charismatic issues. Yeah. So know what those are, know kind of where you stand on them. Mm-hmm. And if their doctrinal statement doesn't address them, I would write it down and I would ask the elders pointedly, hey, 
Uh, curious about this item. I couldn't find an answer to it on your website. Yeah. Um, those are key. Don't, don't just assume, you know, if it's a big issue to you, I would, uh, I'd find out what it was. Um, kind of the third. So there's like, there's the sometimes doctrine plays itself out in a couple different ways in church. The one we've primarily been talking about is on a like printed formal statement. Here's what we believe. There's another where it's like the practical side of things. Yeah. What do they actually teach? And so I, I would be listening to the sermons, to Sunday schools, to I'd be reading blogs and I would be making sure that the pastor and elders are um, solid practicing what they say they believe. <laughs> yeah. You know right, I mean? right, right. Because well, well, and here's the thing, like, I think both both Daniel and I have experienced this firsthand. I'm sure many people listening uh, can't have experienced it as well. Like you, you, it's easy to talk a good game. Mm-hmm. It's easy to sound very reformed and sound very humble and say all the right things and have all the correct biblical answers for the questions that the congregants ask you. But the real proof, the real proof is how do those pastors act under pressure or when it actually comes time for that theology to be lived out, mm-hmm. how does that manifest itself? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of church leadership can be kind of like our, no, here's my um, political side coming up. Oh, it can boy. be a little bit like our government with the uh, constitution. Like, yeah, that's what we say on paper, but we don't really live it out. Like you don't want to be under guys like that. And I, <laughs> no, you don't No, where, on paper, they look really good, mm-hmm. but it's too much work to change that. And so they just preach and teach however they want. Yeah. I've actually seen several churches on paper. They were not charismatic. Yeah. In practice, they were. Right. And that's, so I, I would say how many, how many sermons would you listen to, Josh, before you would like say that you'd <laughs> kick the tires on a church? Dude, I'd want to be listening to him for a while. Because because he can be he can be great on one or two sermons, um, and then just I think you get a flavor for how a guy mm-hmm. is over a period of time. I don't know. I'd give it I'd give it at least a month or two worth of sermons, probably. Yeah, probably I'd more. Say, I'd listen to five front to back, and I would dip in and out of ten to fifteen minimum. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just sampling pieces. Yeah, but um, but but even that, like like that's that that's very important to do. I think oh yeah. you. I think what is so much what what might be even better is to start a dialogue with the pastors, and actually have lasting communication back and forth on the phone, preferably or FaceTime or Zoom, where you can actually see them and interact with them. If you're sure. if you're wanting to go to this church, like you want to get to know the leadership, you want to know is this a safe place for me to bring myself and my family, you're only going to do that uh, effectively by getting to know the leadership on a personal level. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so that's going to be like one of the, the there's the, the, the formal doctrinal statement. Mm-hmm. There's the informal or the practical preaching sermons. And I would listen to, I'd listen to the same guy. I'd listen to an old sermon. I'd listen to a new sermon. I'd listen to one a couple of years ago. I'd listen to a night service. I'd listen to, you know, again, this is before you're really like interacting with them. I'd listen right. to several 
and I would do it just because sometimes a guy can have two or three good ones in a row, but I, I'd, I'd shop around and, yep. and, and it goes the other way too. Sometimes you can like the first term you listen to might be a lemon right. um, shop around. That might've been a dud. Keep yeah. listening to some of the, we other all ones. have duds. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, the third, and I think this would be kind of our, our last point would be what is taught in the music of the church. Now there's a, just oh, could make yeah. where there's a style side of music, what we call the, like the mode, like lights, rock and roll, machine, no smoke machine, handouts, yes. hymnals, inserts, screens, flashy lights. If you do have a screen, does the screen have like the, the moving shape behind it? Like, yes. No, we should never have that. Wait, no. Um, okay. <laughs> so there's like the mode or the method, but, the the piece that we want to talk about with music is the message that's being proclaimed. I think this is probably the area of greatest discrepancy between what a church says they believe mm. and what they proclaim. Would you go to a church if um, it, not like a one-time thing, but they were rocking Bethel yeah. and Hillsong and Jesus culture. Are you asking if I would go to one of those churches? <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> but that's that's not just because of the music. <laughs> but like, There's lots doc- of reasons I wouldn't go to those churches. <laughs> but say like doctrinally they were sound on paper. Yeah. Good sermons, but the the theology coming through the music was that. If, if the theology coming through the music, like the actual theology, I'm not talking about the style. If the theology yeah. coming through the music is just junk, um then then no no it it just i think it shows a lack of discernment and a lack of uh lack of involvement on the leadership part if they if they aren't actually having a hand in what is being taught to the church through music cuz mm-hmm. here's the thing i will leave church very often and this isn't no this is nobody else's fault other than mine forgetting what was said in the sermon especially when i'm preaching and <laughs> And Daniel can have a fire sermon that's just fantastic. And I'll forget it just because I'm yeah. I'm completely bonkers. But I remember the songs. Yeah. I remember what we sang. Mm-hmm. And I'm humming them and I'm singing them all day. Yeah. Because music is so powerful. And it is such a gift that God has given us to worship him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we forget very often the importance of music in the context of church. And the importance of making sure that music is doctrinally correct. Yeah. Yeah. I had a professor in seminary who said that uh, music will do more to shape the theology of your, your people than your sermons will. Oh yeah. He says, and exactly because of the exact thing you said, he said, people don't walk out humming your sermon. Right. They walk out humming that song. Right. Well, well, and and again, like, like this, you know, it might just be because I'm, I, I enjoy music, but the Lord uses music in my life very powerfully. You you like music? Slightly. Have we never talked about this on the podcast before? You know, I, I feel like we did. We had a Corey on culture forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so long ago. I forgot that it was <laughs> so long ago. I think we've had more ups without it now. Um, but yeah, no, music ha- is a huge part of my life. And the Lord uses music in my life very powerfully. Like if I'm, if I'm down in the dumps, uh, I'm usually not putting on a sermon. Mm. I'm usually listening to some good God glorifying music that lifts me up. 
Um, or death metal. Or death metal. No, not death metal, <laughs> but heavy metal. Dude, heavy metal can be worshipful. I, I stand by that. So that that is why we probably should have started with all this before we got even to the, to the uh, exposition of the word. But um, this is hugely important in any kind of a church. And I... I I cringe when someone tells me like, you know, I go to this church and they list off all this great stuff. And I ask a question about doctrine. Like, yeah, yeah. Doctrinally, they're not good. (laughs) (laughs) Doctrinally, they're horrible, but they have great coffee. Or yeah. Or, or even, you know, even a a, a bit deeper where they're like, all of our friends are there. Right. And all of our like support. um, We're involved in all these ministries Mm -hmm. Church is doing some good things, and you ask, well, like, what do they teach on this, this, and this? Like, oh, yeah, no, it's not good. It's not right. Do your do your best to get to <laughs> to not get to the point where you've been in a church twenty years and then have to leave because the doctrine's bad. Like, it doesn't happen. Yes, it does, and those are sure. extremely difficult situations. But if if you are looking for a church or or evaluating the church that you're in, what are they teaching? What is the doctrine coming from the pulpit, from the music, from the leadership, from the doctrinal statements? Because when you go to that church, whether you like it or not, you are locking arms and validating what is being taught. Mm-hmm. You are. Like I, in, in me continuing to go to King's Cross, I am showing acceptance and validating what is being taught at King's Cross. If you cannot biblically do that in, in a good conscience, um, it might be time to start reevaluating and looking for a place where you can do that uh, on important doctrines. And if you and if you are, if you can, if you are in your church where you're like, this is solid, I back this 100%. Praise the Lord, never leave that church. <laughs> Don't ever leave. Sure. I do think several of our listeners uh, and others have an instance where they when they joined that church, they didn't have a doctrinal difference. Yes, correct. And then as time has gone on and they've come into the doctrines of grace, they've discovered reformed theology or it discovered them. Mm -hmm. And um, they got their hands on some Puritan paperbacks. (laughs) Whoops. They they accidentally (laughs) ran across R.C. Sproul and Ligonier Ministries. Mm. Dude, I hear that one probably more than anything else. Dude, Papa Sproul's the best. Papa Sproul um, has brought more people out of like confuzzled theology than I than anyone I know. Never heard that word before, but I like it. Confuzzled? Never heard it before. Oh, well, you learn something new every day. I guess. People respond respond in the comments section below if that's a real word. But confuzzled. Michael uh, Orley will tell us. <laughs> I'm gonna get a Marco from Michael as soon as this drops. I mean, like, actually, <laughs> confuzzled. The Latin root. Root it, word confused. <laughs> He's he's actually like um yeah it's a conflation of confused yeah and and kerfuffled but it's it's of a uniquely Tenasket dialect Tenasket dialect um uh, this so ship I, has I think sailed. some of our listeners are are in a rough spot because they <laughs> when they joined that church they were in an agreement and now they're not right that I think is the hardest place to be in is that spot right yeah. there where you're going are these issues big enough that I need to leave. Mm-hmm. Can I, and I guess my thought there would be like, don't make rash decisions, but take no. your time. 
pray, seek wise counsel inside and and outside the church, um, like that specific local body, not like with unbelievers. But right. um, don't don't just because you come to the uh, a newer understanding of the doctrines of grace doesn't mean you leave that church. And then the next time you have another growth in your understanding, you leave that church. That's not right. Works. Yeah. <laughs> no. But very hard. Speaking from one who has experience with it. Becoming reformed at a non-reformed church was tough. Sure. And uh, don't I don't envy anyone in that position. But um, like always in all, in all these things, like handle yourself with Christian charity and love and graciousness, not with uh, cagery and yeah. Confuzzle. If you do, if you do end up deciding to leave, and you believe that yes, confuzzlement. If you do end up deciding to leave and you think that's the best practice, don't don't throw any grenades on your way out. Don't be that guy who is like, well, I am now enlightened and you all are peons that uh, don't even deserve the theological crumbs from my table and then leave. Don't do that. Don't do that. Leave quietly. How about sending the angry email right at the end? No, don't. That That's a grenade. You see, you see, that's oh, a grenade. I thought you were talking about real grenades. No, don't do that either. You'll go to jail. <laughs> Either is bad. <laughs> well, seeing as you are from Tanaska, I had to clarify that. Well, that's 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 fair. That's a fair statement. Anyway, I think we've beaten this this horse to death. She's dead. She's completely dead. Uh, you have a you have a although you should be announcing a winner. No, we're on... announcing it Friday. Friday. So yes, the winner for the giveaway, the three volume. Uh, hardcover Spurgeon Treasuries of David and winner is being announced Friday. That means when this launches, you have one more day, one day to go to Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and enter yourself into the drawing. And the more times they take people, the more times you enter them into that algorithm. Correct. Yeah. 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 Every single one. How many do you, how many do you have like 800 now? Uh, That's just on Facebook. And then I have Instagram. (laughs) And I think we have like two on Twitter. So Twitter's not Twitter's not uh, Twitter's not buzzing. It's Look not, at it this way. Not, Look yeah. at it this way. There's lots of room to grow with Twitter. So much room to grow. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you can and should and are morally obligated. No, not that. Not but if you would like to listen to us and follow us on the Twitters, the Facebooks, and the Instant Granules. You can do so at the Reformatory Pod. That's you right. Listen to us drop a new pod almost every Thursday. Every Thursday. And Josh will be giving out lots more stuff at his, on right. his own dime. Yeah. And if you want to send us money, and if, actually, if you want Josh to shave his beard, no. We want to know that. We aren't doing this. This is not, we are not we putting this. We get a couple. This is a personal. This is a personal choice. This is my decision. I decide when my beard goes. I will not be coerced into shaving my beard for money. I think you have a price. <laughs> we all there, have a price. There is a price for everything. Yeah. 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 It'll grow. Back. All right. Uh, you thank you all sweet. for listening. We will catch you on the next step of the reformatory. Oh. Bye. Bye.